Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. A good blue morning to you, Colts fans. Welcome back to the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast. I'm your host, Jake Arthur, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Never miss an episode of the show by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love it if you'd also give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you're enjoying the show. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for joining me today, everybody. On today's show, I get the lowdown on the Bears from Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports, and I also play you my chat with the guys from the Believe in Bears podcast. This is the Colts' first road game since week one after winning back-to-back games at home the last couple weeks against the Jets and Vikings very handily. The Colts are now traveling up 65 north to Chicago to take on the 3-0 Bears. Before we get into that, a word from our sponsors. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. They've got some prop bets on there, and an example of one that's enticing me this weekend is the over-under on Bears field goals at 1.5. I'm going to say over on that. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. With the Bears and Colts this week, it's a bit of an interesting matchup. For starters, the Bears have replaced their starting quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, with Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles played for current Colts head coach Frank Reich back with the Philadelphia Eagles when they won the Super Bowl in 2017. Uh, so Frank knows uh, Frank knows Nick Foles very well. They also faced Foles week 11 last year when Foles was with the Jaguars. And then on the Chicago side of things, their defensive coordinator is Chuck Pagano. Of course, everybody here knows exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, Their outside linebackers coach is also Ted Monachino, who was the Colts defensive coordinator under Pagano in in the 2017 season for the Colts, a season that did not go all too well. Uh, So it's definitely an interesting matchup, a lot of familiarity there. Uh, to dive a little more into that matchup, I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports. All right, Colts fans, welcome to the show. Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports. Eric, how are we doing today, man? Doing well, man. Just uh, hoping we get games in. Obviously, we've had one cancel, one delayed, I should say. So uh, anytime we get a full slate of games, that's a good thing. And just kind of hanging on at this point, it's been as you know, uh, a very uh, unique challenge this season. Yeah, no kidding. It kind of shows you how quickly things can change because it just—it's just in the last couple of days that all this Titans and uh, Titans Steelers stuff started transpiring. Yep, yep. And it, you know, I mean, obviously those two teams will be closely watched, as will the Texans and Vikings, whom they played last week. And you know, we know how this ripple effect works. But hopefully. Uh, the uh, the overall uh, effect is not that big, and we can keep this nipped in the bud a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you and I are here to discuss Colts-Bears this week. Uh, there's a bit of familiarity there. Uh, former Colts head coach Chuck Pagano is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, there's also some changes just within the last week 
Uh, the biggest thing just seems to be Nick Foles in there at quarterback for Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, when Trubisky was replaced last week, Foles came in and had a 16-point hold to dig out of, so he was pretty aggressive. Uh, I think he threw the, the second most throws downfield of any quarterback last week, just in the second half. Uh, what I mean, the going going into a game and being able to prepare for the whole week, that's probably going to change a bit, obviously. Uh, what are you expecting um, from this Matt Nagy offense with a new, probably more consistent, capable quarterback in it? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think it, it's going to be fascinating to see how Matt Nagy calls these plays because, as you said, you know, with Trubisky, until they got in that situation in week one against Detroit where they were behind, you know, early on against the Giants uh, and even to a, to a certain degree, you know, early on last week, they've been kind of a ball control offense this year. Running the football was a big problem a year ago. You know, they're up there among the time of possession leaders. They seem to be a little bit more, you know, savvy at doing that and not trying to, you know, give the defense all the heavy lifting in these games. But how does that change with Foles now? Is he going to be aggressive right from the start? Is he going to sort of tap into his Andy Reid roots a little bit and try to take control of games with the passing game early on? Or is he going to sort of go with this little bit more balanced attack that we've seen signs of now with no Tariq Cohen too. He suffered a torn ACL last week. That probably changes things. So obviously he's a big part of the passing game as well as, as being a changeup runner, but you know, you have to factor that into the equation because it does sort of take away one little wrinkle of their offense. And what was that an interception by Darquez Denard? What's your take? <laughs> yeah, that was, there were a couple plays last week that I saw that were very questionable. Obviously, the one in the Bills-Rams game was, was pretty close. I would, I would say it was, it was very borderline. You could see, though, I mean, right when Nick Foles got in there, his confidence was high. You know, he, he, I think you made a good point in the sense that when you're down that big, you can take risks. And he had no preparation for that game. He came in cold. We've seen Foles do it before. You know, it, it's almost like – you know, he had nothing to lose, essentially, because he knew, you know, obviously they were disappointed what they'd seen in Trubisky. You know, he makes that throw to the end zone. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was one of those plays that I kind of just shrug at these days because I don't think anybody really knows. And you touched on this a little bit. Uh, of course, another change for the Bears, and it's an involuntary one, was Tariq Cohen tearing his ACL. Uh, David Montgomery is obviously the, the leader in that backfield. But do you think that means more Cordero Patterson being used as a traditional running back uh, since he, he kind of plays the, the bigger, stronger role of, of Tariq Cohen from what I've seen? Yeah, um, he's had kind of his own category of plays from both Montgomery and Cordero Patterson in the past. But I think you're right. It, it's fair to ask, how do you divvy those, that, that, that element of the offense out? Do they just throw that chapter out? Or do they get Artavis Pierce, who is just uh, activated? Is he, he's kind of a speed back. You know, is he part of the picture at all? I'm not sure. So you may see them change their, their personnel packages a little bit. I know they've tried to get more tight ends on the field. So, you know, Cole Komet, obviously you guys locally probably know all about him from Notre Dame. Breakout season a year ago, despite the broken clavicle early on. You know, he's, he's played – about a third of the offensive snaps so far. So he's just been that, that change-up guy to Jimmy Graham so far. I wouldn't be shocked if you see more of him on the field. But, yeah, Patterson is, you know, spent most of his career as a wide receiver. 
Patriots used him in the backfield. Bears kind of borrowed on that idea a little bit. And I think they'll have to use his, his speed and just his, you know, multiplicity that he offers the offense in terms of a backfield type of role. Yeah, and speaking of the other side of the ball in the defense, the, the Bears had an outstanding defense a few years ago. Uh, the Colts' former head coach, Chuck Pagano, uh, hired on last year. He inherited a very good team. Uh, Ted Monachino came along with him, who is uh, the Colts' former defensive coordinator for 2017. What's this defense look like now? Yeah, I mean, you, you still have Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack who have, you know, asserted themselves very well. And, you know, I think they're, you know, they're both uh, on track for, for very good starts so far this season. I think Hicks leads all interior guys. I think he actually has, you know, more sacks than Aaron Donald at this point. So that says something different role, but still, you know, a guy who, who is sort of a five technique for them. Uh, you know, he, he looked pretty darn good last week. Mack has had his moments as well. You know, the rest of the group, there's some, you know, there's some question marks, I would say. They really miss Eddie Goldman in the middle. I mean, not having that true kind of nose tackle to control the run game a little bit has kind of put the, the inside backers on, on, a little, on a little bit of a display here. And Roquan Smith, I didn't think, played great early on last week. You know, he's in his third year. You're expecting him to kind of be one of the, the better defenders on that side. Danny Trevathan, his age might be a, a question at some point. You know, I mean, obviously, they're still kind of waiting for Robert Quinn to provide that that complimentary pass rush as well. He had a sack, and uh, he missed the opener and had a sack against uh, the Giants. And then it comes to the secondary where, you know, Kyle Fuller and, and Jalen Johnson, the rookie uh, from Utah, has played very well. Eddie Jackson still is a rangy guy. Tashawn Gibson, sort of the solid veteran, I would say, at safety. I don't think he's a, a difference maker. But he's really no different, really, than, you know, Adrian Amos or Ha Clinton Dix the last couple of years, sort of that steady performer. Uh, you know, Amos might be a little better than both those guys. But, you know, I've noticed they've struggled a little bit more in zone coverage and in off coverage. When they're in press man, they seem to have some success. But, you know, if you can kind of get them to switch things up a little bit, that they will give you some separation for the receivers. And you mentioned Akeem Hicks. He's kind of one of the silent superstars of the yeah. NFL. He's not a guy that a lot of people mention when you talk about the Aaron Donalds and Fletcher Cox and just the, the top defensive tackles. But he's he can be a devastating defender. What kind of player are the Colts fans going to be seeing out there on Sunday in, in Hicks? Yeah, a real mauler. I mean, he's he's got that, that temperament to sort of go after people and, and – you know, he doesn't just sort of sit back and pick his spots. That's what I love about him is that he's really, you know, kind of full bore there. So that, you'll see a good matchup, obviously, when he's with going against Braden Smith and, you know, another mauler himself. And, uh, you know, he seems to take it kind of personally. If a guy gets the best of him on one rep, you'll often see him come back the very next rep and Hicks will win it, you know, almost out of like frustration or something. So, you know, <clears throat> he had the hit last week that drew the flag and, you know, I obviously he's got a, a little bit of a reputation. I wouldn't say he's a dirty player. I don't think that's fair at all. But a very aggressive player who plays right up to the whistle and maybe just a tad beyond. But his teammates love him. You know, he draws double teams. He obviously makes things easier for Mac and the other rushers and, you know, helps eliminate the run game too. It was a storyline for several years around here. How could this guy not make a Pro Bowl? But he's, he's since done that. And, and I think, as you said, even though he's – still underappreciated nationally. 
I think we're finally, he's finally starting to get the recognition he deserves. And one of the rare players the Patriots kind of let get away, so to speak, you know, young in the, in, at the start of their career. So uh, a very good free agent addition from Ryan Pace. Yeah, that sounds like a really fun matchup with Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Physical. Absolutely. Uh, so the last time I saw you was uh, here in Indy at the scouting combine. Both of yeah. us are, are, I would say, draft nerds. You obviously do a lot of draft stuff for Yahoo. Yep. Uh, there, there's, some, there's some decent rookies there in Chicago. Jalen Johnson is, has been one of the big uh, stickouts from this entire NFL rookie class. And you mentioned Cole Komet, and there's also Darnell Mooney. Uh, yep. what, what has Chicago gotten from this rookie class so far? Well, let's go in reverse order with Mooney because he's been the biggest surprise to this point, I think you'd say. I mean, he, I think there was some intrigue about him, but the, the sheer depth of, of what they had at receiver coming into the year, a lot of people felt like he still had an uphill battle to make this team. But, you know, when you think about kind of the Taylor Gabriel role that they had last year with this team, the, the undersized quick receiver who, yeah, they can run nine routes, but they're also good on screens. You know, they can help out in the return game if needed. Uh, you know, that's that's exactly what they got. And I think they got an upgrade, too. He's, for a 170-pound receiver, I mean, he's very slight. You know, this is somebody who's electric with the ball in his hands. Very slippery, hard to tackle. Um, doesn't give you a big target frame to begin with. And then he's got that great burst. So a perfect kind of compliment to what they have in Anthony Miller. You know, kind of a, a tough slot guy. Allen Robinson, obviously the, the great athleticism and length that he provides. So Mooney's been a real pleasant surprise for them. You know, Komet, I think the sense I get is that they feel like he's close to having a breakout game, whether it's this week or, you know, in the next few weeks. But they were thrilled with how he came into camp, how he looked. This guy hasn't played a ton of football. You know, college football, he was sort of – he was a – Little known backup, didn't play a lot at Notre Dame, was doing the baseball thing for a while, got hurt right before the start of the season last year. And then they throw him in and ask him to play 70 snaps against Georgia. I was really impressed, just his, his ability to stay on the field that long. And you can see this is a player with a very high ceiling. I mean, he was one of the tight ends in this last class, not a great group, but one of the guys I thought had a chance to play like a first-round pick. They got him in the second you know, they haven't had to rush him into a big role. So I think that I think you're going to see some some flashes from him on Sunday, possibly, if, especially with Cohen out. That's that may be the route they go. So and then Johnson, as I mentioned, I just a good physical press corner, you know, can run pretty well, flips his hips. OK, I wouldn't say he's a great playmaker like, you know, I mean, ball skills are kind of average maybe for a corner, but you know, he tackles, he runs. It's, it's a good little player that they're lucky to get at number 50 or 51 in the draft, whatever they got him. Because I thought some of the corners who were drafted ahead of him were not, didn't have the type of traits that Jalen Johnson has. And it's showing so far. They need him. All right, Eric. Well, that's all I got for you today, brother. I appreciate you joining me. Look forward to, uh, hopefully we get to see each other in India again. I don't know what uh, the future holds about meeting in person and all that stuff, but uh, looking forward to it whenever that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever, whenever big crowds can be a thing again, because uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> surprised. <crowds>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> looking back at it, I am surprised that the combine was not an outbreak, <laughs> knowing oh. what we know now. 
especially, I mean, I heard of people getting sick after that. Of course, we all thought it was a flu or this or that. Yeah. I went on a cruise too, my wife's 40th birthday. So how I went to the combine and did that and didn't get COVID, I'll never know. But I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that one. Yeah, yeah, I am. I I am blessed enough for all of us to have come away from that mostly clean. Yes. All right, man. Well, thanks again. You have a good one. You got it, man. Take it easy. Thanks again to Eric for his time. He's definitely one of my favorite NFL writers, so I'm really happy he was able to join us. Uh, now, when I look at this matchup, starting offensively, uh, you obviously, you know, we, we got to start with the run game. That's the Colts' bread and butter. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, obviously leading the backfield. Uh, he's done well through the first few weeks. Uh, there's some improvements he can make, uh, probably just with, with more film study and understanding how holes develop with the NFL game. There's been some some vision issues there, I guess you could say. Um, but of, of course, I think this is a big opportunity for him this week. Uh, last week against the Falcons, the Bears uh, really struggled with Todd Gurley and Brian Hill. There was a lot of plays where either Gurley or Hill were, you know, so, well beyond the, the line of scrimmage before they ever got touched. Hill had a 35-yard touchdown run where he wasn't touched until he was crossing the goal line. Uh, the, the same can be said for Gurley and when, when he had his short touchdown. So I, I think there's a real opportunity there. Uh, if you guys listened last week, I thought the Colts could run the ball outside really well and they just... They, you know, they're, they're seeing more stuff than I am, and they decided to run inside. So there's nothing that tells me that they're not going to try and do the same thing against the Bears this week. So, yeah, we, we know they're going to run the ball. As far as passing the ball goes, uh, Chicago is, uh, they're, they're all right against the pass. They rank pretty well in some defensive categories. Uh, they're second in opponent passer rating. Uh, they average just 71.4 of a rating against them. And they are tied for third in yards per pass attempt allowed, which is 6.5. That's actually a pretty big stat. Uh, A lot of teams take that very seriously. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Watching the Bears game last week, Matt Ryan was, in the first half especially, uh, he was able to pick up some big chunks off of the play-action game. And Phillip Rivers has done pretty well with that this year as well. Uh, Looking at pro football focus, uh, Philip has actually been rather deadly on on play action. Um, they have him they have him passing it out of play action only five times so far. Uh, but they said he's four of five for thirty yards with one touchdown, no picks, and a pass rating of one hundred and thirty one point three. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see the Colts try and pound the rock and then get some big plays off of play action based on that. Of course, I've also got to mention the Colts injuries that they've got at the receiver position. Of course, Paris Campbell went down with a knee issue in week two. He's out for a little while on IR. And then Michael Pittman Jr. had to have a procedure for compartment syndrome on his calf uh, right after the game the other night. So he's out for an undetermined amount of time. So a lot of that falls on Doris Fountain now and Ashton Doolin, Desmond Patman. We'll have to see which of those guys is able to step up. And then on the defensive side of the ball for the Colts, I'm really interested to see what the Bears are going to do with Foles. When he came in last week, they were down by 16 points, and he really, like Eric said, he didn't really have much to lose. 
they, they were down by multiple scores in the second half, and Foles was really aggressive. He only played in the second half, but he threw the second most passes downfield of any quarterback in the league last week. He threw nine passes that were at least 20 yards downfield. Now, he's more aggressive than Mitch Trubisky is, but the Colts' cover two defense is built to prevent you know, quarterbacks from taking the top off of their defense. So I'm pretty interested to see how that'll go. He's also a veteran quarterback, and he can attack the zones too. So I would imagine the Colts are probably going to want to play more man coverage or you know, at least tighten up their zones a, a little bit. As far as uh, the Bears' run game goes, they're now without Tariq Cohen. He tore, tore an ACL last week, uh, so it's going to be a heavy dose of David Montgomery and Cordero Patterson. Uh, Patterson and Cohen, although they're both kind of change of pace, more gadget type guys, they had a they 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 had their own kind of package of plays. Cordero Patterson, although he's naturally a receiver, will take handoffs out of the backfield. Just you know, lone back right up the gut, a dive, just like David Montgomery would. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how they do it because he's basically a bigger, more powerful version of Cohen. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be wanting to see how they attack that, or if they just shoot, they might pass the ball 40, 45 times. We just really don't know. And now I lead you into our chat that I had with the Believe in Bears show with hosts Joey Christopoulos and Cam Lee. Uh, we broke down this matchup, and they asked me a bit about the Colts as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. Like, for example, this is a Bears pod. The Bears are two and a half dogs at home. What are you going to say about that, betting fans? Look, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into a very special episode, a sit-down with the enemy, if you will. We're very lucky to have on the pod right now Sports Illustrated's allcolts.com and Believe in Colts host and the Believe Podcast Network, Jake Arthur. Jake, thank you for joining the show. How are you, man? Hey, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you here. And we're talking Bears-Colts. It's week four already. And let's just open it like this. Bears are 3-0. and Colts are 2-1. and Colts let one kind of slip through their fingers week one. But they're a competitive team. They got a really great defense. They got a veteran quarterback who's off to a really good start. It feels like a bit of a statement game on both sides of the ball this week. How are you previewing Bears-Colts, and how do you feel about your Colts right now? Yeah, I'm kind of uh, approaching with cautious optimism right now because the Colts really could not have had a better last two games. Uh, They're winning by a margin of 23 points. But, but they're killing the weakest opponents, really. They, they beat the Jets and the Vikings. It's two teams that just have really struggled. Uh, everyone kind of views this game against the Bears as a true measuring stick. Uh, the Bears are, are 3-0, and but they're not like a dominant 3-0. and You know what I mean? Um, I don't think anyone's seeing them as like the cream, you know, the, the very cream of the crop. But they're a good team. Um, the, the Colts are a talented team, but we really need to see if – they're going to keep shoot, if they're going to shoot themselves in the foot, which is something they're really good at when they lose. 
that's what happened in Jacksonville, basically. They, their, their performance wasn't all that different than the last two weeks, but so many self-inflicted wounds just kept giving Jacksonville opportunities. Uh, but yeah, if, if the Colts can keep things clean, uh, then I think this is going to be a nice, close game. Uh, I think both teams are pretty evenly matched. I really like Nick Foles. Um, I'm more of a Foles supporter over Trubisky. Uh, so I think this is going to be a, a nice, tough matchup. It feels like an inflection point. It feels like a true week one of the NFL season for both of these teams. We're in the same boat. You know, the Colts, one and seven, I think, combined records against their opponents. That one win beating from the Jaguars that beat the Colts week one. Bears are in the same boat, one and seven between the Lions, Giants, and the Falcons. I think we're both ready for a true test. We feel like that we're a competitive team. And for us, too, it is the Nick Foles era. We're starting anew, if you will, and we're interested mm -hmm. to see what that offense looks like. On the Colts side of the ball, want to hear about that defense because I know Bears fans are concerned about that. But let's just start with how the offense looks and what's your take on Phillip Rivers so far? Uh, yeah, Phillip is doing pretty much exactly what they're asking him to do. The first game, uh, we got a, a pretty good glimpse at gunslinger Phillip. Uh, he had he had the two bad interceptions. And honestly, he had a third interception that was called back uh, on a penalty. So they kind of saved him on that one. Uh, but no, his, his interceptions on that were very much uh, the, the type of Phillip Rivers plays that people got concerned that they were seeing last year with the Chargers. Uh, he's settled down quite a bit in these last two weeks. Uh, the Colts are a run-based team, so they're kind of they're kind of letting the run game lead them, and then taking what the defense gives them in the passing game. Uh, but he he's been really efficient. He's leading the league in completion percentage. Uh, they're not taking as many deep shots as maybe we thought. I think that's coming because what they really want to do is you know lead with the run game and then use the play action to get those big chunk plays in the passing game. And Matt Ryan was able to do that a bit in the first half last week against the Bears. So I think we may see that a bit. Uh, I, I think they're just kind of feeling some things out because they have unfortunately had some injuries. Uh, Paris Campbell and, and Michael Pittman Jr., two of their top four receivers already out for a while. Uh, Jack Doyle missed week two, and he's someone they asked to do a little bit of everything. Uh, Marlon Mack, their starting running back, goes down in week one. He was the true three down back. Uh, running, receiving, and blocking. So I I don't know that we're really going to see what the Colts want to look like offensively, maybe for another couple weeks. I think they're just kind of adjusting to the cards they're being dealt right now. Uh, but Phillip Rivers at the helm has definitely been the upgrade they're looking for. A lot more stability. Uh, he's He's willing to make, I guess, some more ballsy throws. He's got a little more confidence to him. Uh, so it's it's just the injection of life they kind of needed into that passing game. Because uh, even though he's he's missing a little arm strength than when he was younger, of course, he's 37. Uh, I, I think he knows how to throw the deep ball still. It's, it's more uh, based on timing now than arm strength. He knows he's got to get the ball out uh, earlier. And then so his receiver can go run under it. It's not like a Josh Allen thing where he can flick his wrist and it goes 60 yards and meets the receiver downfield. Uh, so R Rivers has dealt with maybe some of the, the diminished abilities in his arm, but he, I think he still looks pretty good. And you talked about play action efficiency, a red flag for Bears fans because the Falcons, like you said, 
torched us several times early in the game, late in the game too as well with Calvin Ridley. That kind of got the Bears fans' uh, hairs on the back of their necks just standing up a little <laughs> bit to be burned like that. Oh, yeah. And with Philip Rivers, what I've been able to just sort of glom on from the early parts of camp was that he kind of came in and they were able to get their offense rolling on a fairly efficient, you know, uh, progression, if you will, based on, you know, just how Philip Rivers was playing. It seemed like he acclimated himself fairly quickly, so they're able to get off to a pretty decent start. You talked about the running game with Marlon Mack being out, but I do want to hear about Jonathan Taylor. He's on my fantasy team. It's going to hurt me this week to root against him. But so far, so good from the rookie. He's got a ton of talent. And just uh, tell Bears fans what he brings to the table. Uh, yeah, so he's looked pretty good so far. Uh, there's some room for improvement. I, I think there were some things he was able to do at Wisconsin that it's just not coming as easily here in the NFL. Uh, the, the Colts obviously have a very good offensive line that creates some holes, but his peripheral vision isn't quite developed uh, quite yet. Uh, he's not seeing maybe some of the holes that are developing to the side. I think he's probably worried about following his assignment and, you know, which running lane he's supposed to take right now as he gets his feet wet. Uh, more film study and things like that are going to make his, his running style a little better, I think. But right now he's, he's productive. He's fallen forward. He's really not getting negative plays. Um, but he, he's, he's a stocky guy. He brings that toughness. We haven't seen a lot of those big flashy chunk plays yet. Uh, he did have runs of 12 and 16 yards last week, but honestly, they, they were kind of inside runs and barreling forward through defenders. Uh, so I, I think the biggest thing we've seen so far is his power. Uh, we all know he has speed. He, he ran the fastest 40 among any running back at the combine with four, a 4.39 uh, in February. So he does have speed, but it's his power right now that's showing the most. And that's the potential Bears fans got to know this defense has got to tackle that dude if they yes. want to bring him down. You also mentioned he, he's a rookie, not to take anything away from Jonathan Taylor. He perhaps is suffering from the same thing that a lot of rookies deal with. Different position, but Cole Komet on the Bears right now, we talk often about they're not reacting as naturally as probably they will, what, in the next six, seven, eight games and then further on into their career. They're just trying to hit their assignment and just trying not to mess up, right? And in terms of pass blocking, you got to imagine a rookie without Marlon Mack. A lot is on his shoulders. I think a, I think a person that the Bears fans, they're going to learn his name on Sunday. Talk to us about Mo Alley-Cox. Off to a great start, burning up the waiver wire on fantasy. You guys got to be happy about him so far. Absolutely. He's, uh, his progression is coming along great. Uh, so this is his third year. Uh, Chris Ballard, I think that was Chris Ballard's very first signing when he came on in 2017. Uh, was this former basketball player out of, shoot, I can't even think of it now, but the smaller school. Um, and they, they've they kind of been able to do exactly what so many other teams have tried to do is get these huge former basketball players to play like basketball players at tight end, you know, go up and get the ball, be able to out jump guys. Uh, the funny thing is, you know, a lot of those guys are actually kind of finesse too. You know, they're they're not tough yet. But the very first thing that uh, Mo was able to do was block. He's just such a big, broad guy, and he's got these huge hands. And blocking just came really naturally to him. And uh, because of some other injuries to the offensive line and Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron over the last couple years, they needed him to block a lot more. Uh, they, they knew he could catch the ball. 
He had an insane one-handed catch back in 2018 with Andrew Luck against the Raiders. Uh, it was on all the highlight shows that week. Uh, but it just showed them, yeah, this guy can catch the ball too. But he was just so much better at blocking at that point that his last two years, that's mainly what he's been doing. However, now uh, the, the tight end group coming into camp was pretty healthy. And then we all know Phillip Rivers loves those big targets. Well, he, he wasn't established with any of these receivers yet. So he sees Mo Alley-Cox, and, and they hit it off pretty quickly in camp. And now uh, Mo has just kind of become his main go-up-and-get-it type of guy. Uh, we, we've seen a lot of downfield shots with, with Mo. There's been at least two or three jump balls so far, and he's averaging over 20 yards a catch, uh, at least over the last couple of weeks. So we – it's another thing where we kind of got to approach with cautious optimism because he's not all of a sudden Tony Gonzalez or Antonio Gates or anything. I, I, I think his stats are going to come along nicely. You know, I think he had three for three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown last week. I think that's probably the kind of thing we'll see from him. Uh, his touchdown was a one yarder in the red zone. So like he's a weapon down there. But he's definitely someone that defenses are going to need to keep an eye on because he's a big guy, and he's he's going to have a bigger catch radius than any defender around him. And Philip Rivers loves him, his tight ends. He loves yes. throwing to them and targeting them. And like you mentioned, especially in the red zone, something we're going to have to keep an eye on. I want to pivot over to this defense because as a Bears fan and just watching the games, Nick Foles is now a quarterback, thrilling Thrilling comeback in the fourth quarter. I mean, if you want to talk about, I mean, I'm starting a new business, Jake, and it's basically, uh, are you down by 16 points in the fourth quarter? Do you need a change of quarterback? Call 555 Miracles. Like, this is basically where we're at. And we think that now in this next week, the Bears offense is just going to explode for a big number. I'm not so sure the Colts defense as a team allowing only 244 yards to teams through the first three weeks. Just for reference, Bears defense allowing 330, 377. I look up there, I don't see anyone passing for 200 yards against these Colts uh, right now. So in your opinion, you know, them taking care of business against weaker competition or this team has talent on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, it's both. So those two defenses or those two quarterbacks that they've dominated, it was Sam Darnold and Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins is one of the most hot and cold players in this league. And the Colts got bad Kirk Cousins that day. And Sam Darnold, uh, I think, got benched tonight. Timestamp uh, Thursday Night Football. Well, I think he got. I think he got hurt. But yeah, I, I don't know how it was going. But yeah, I mean, Dar Darnold hasn't been a world beater by any means. But they took a, the Colts took advantage of inferior talent, basically. Uh, but at the same time, that defense is really good. That front seven is so much better uh, with DeForest Buckner in it. He's been unblockable at times. Uh, that's really opened up opportunities for Justin Houston and Danico Autry. Uh, Buckner has really had that trickle-down effect they hoped for. Darius Leonard as, is a two-time All-Pro, might be on his way to a third straight this year. You know, uh, So that defense is very good. The secondary has played nice. Uh, you guys are very familiar with Xavier Rhodes from his days in Minnesota. He has – he shoot, I think they probably signed him for the, the veteran minimum, and he's outplaying it. He had two picks last week, one for a touchdown. Um, so, shoot, the, the defense is legit. I don't think they're going to completely shut down Chicago like they've shut down their previous opponents. Um, I, I think Nick Foles is more capable. Uh, they've got a good run game. 
Allen Robinson is probably a top five receiver in this league. So there's things there. There's challenges there for the Colts. Um, I think their defense can still have a, a decent day. They get after the quarterback. They create turnovers. Um, but I think it's going to be a good game. I, I think Chicago's offense is going to be capable of more than what Minnesota and the Jets were. Looking forward to the game now. What is the key to success for the Colts to come out with a victory in week four? Uh, they've got to be able to run the ball successfully. That's that's pretty much always their key to winning. If, if their run game gets shut down, you know, I mean, this is a different quarterback now, so Phillip Rivers is capable of more than Jacoby Brissett was. But when the Colts' run game gets shut down, it really creates problems for them. Uh, for instance, they're dead last on third downs right now. They don't have any three and outs to their name yet, but they're dead last on third down. Um, so if, if that run game isn't clicking, then, you know, their, their receiver core is pretty banged up right now. We, we haven't seen any big games from T.Y. Hilton yet. Uh, so I would say the Colts have to be able to run the ball, uh, control the clock. I don't think they care as much about time of possession so much as points per drive. Uh, Frank Reich said that the other day. But, yeah, they, they've really got to be able to turn those drives into points, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. Um, but Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins, they've got to get the job done on the ground. Fill in the blank for me. If the Bears do blank, the Colts will lose. Uh, if Nick Foles kills their zone defense. Uh, if, if the Colts play too soft of his own defense, then veteran quarterbacks like Nick Foles can pick that apart all day. Uh, the last couple weeks with, with those dominant defensive performances, the coverage has been a lot tighter. Uh, but if it's real loosey-goosey like it was week one against the Jaguars, then the Bears, especially with Allen Robinson, and I'm a huge Anthony Miller fan. Uh, Jimmy Graham has kind of revived things a bit too. If, if, they're, if they're letting those zones be too soft, Foles will pick them apart. And never, ever kick to Devin Hester. Got, yeah. They, they <laughs> learned that the hard way, but lucky, luckily enough, we're able to overcome it. I know your listeners can't see this, but you can see over my shoulder here, that's a little photo from the Super Bowl. That's a Bob Sanders interception right there. <laughs> Real quick, what were you doing that night, and how did you celebrate? Oh, God, I was at my buddy's house. Uh, we used to watch all the Colts games together. Um, when Devin Hester started running that back, his mom started hitting his dad and saying, Rich, stop him, Rich, stop it. <laughs> and uh, God, he didn't, uh, he didn't stop him, Rich. He did, he did not stop him, Rich did not stop him. No, but uh, God, we didn't, we did not sleep that night. Uh, I think it was the next day for we were in high school. The next day was a two hour delay they gave us because the Colts won the Super Bowl and they had the parade. Probably the, the coldest day of my life, but we went out to the parade. They moved it inside to the then RCA Dome. But no, that, th thank you to the Bears for giving us that because the Saints weren't as nice a few years later. <laughs> yeah, the adrenaline just carries you through the night. Yeah. I will say, you know, from a Bears perspective, I have gone back and watched that game over the years. And we were in that sucker right around the midway third quarter. We were hanging around. Tillman mm -hmm. picked off Peyton Manning. We couldn't cash in. You guys came back, and then it just sort of became more of the runaway that I think people remember it for. But a crushing night for Bears fans. I stayed up all that, all that night, too. Don't worry about yeah. it. I was up all that night, too, thinking about what could have been. Jake, before we get you out of here, we're so happy to have you on Believe in Bears. Give us a final score prediction if you want to dish. Bears versus Colts week four. Oh, man. Um... 
I'll give the Colts 27. That, that seems to have been my magic number this year. Uh, 27 to 17. Okay. I'm going Bears 17, Colts 13. I think it's going okay. to be, I think it's going to be more nip and tuck. Slug Everyone's fest. looking for both teams to come out and really, you know, this is the team that we're going to look at for the rest of the year. And it might just be two competitive teams in a very similar, interesting place. Not the most interesting game for a lot of people, but I hope that you agree that, you know, this, both these teams think that they can make the playoffs. Both these teams are in maybe the pretender category. And whoever can come out with a win this week, I think, is probably pointed in the right direction moving forward. Yeah, I, I'd absolutely agree with that. Uh, I think they're both, they both need to keep the momentum going because they're in tough divisions. The Bears obviously have to keep pace with the Packers, who look outstanding. Uh, the Colts, the Texans luckily have struggled quite a bit, but the Titans, you know, that, that's, that's always been a tough team. They're off to a great start as well. Jacksonville has a win on them already, but no, but both of these teams are very capable of making the playoffs and they have to be able to win these, these matchups where they're kind of evenly matched. You can check out Jake Arthur's excellent content at Believe in Colts and the Believe Podcast Network. Also check out allcolts.com, Sports Illustrated's, Jake does a fantastic job of bringing you in-depth looks at not just what the Colts do, but their opponents too as well. I was doing a lot of homework beforehand, and you did a really great job of just breaking down what's been happening with this Bears team right now, getting Colts fans ready to, uh, for this matchup in week four, man. You did a great job. Excellent talking to you, man. I hope we get to talk again soon. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. This is Believe in Bears with Joey Christopoulos. We're coming up with a preview episode in just a little bit, so stick around. This episode today was brought to you by betonline.ag, and we will be right back. Thank you, believers, and we will talk to you soon. Bear down. Thanks again to Joey and Lee for having me on. I'm glad we were able to hook up for each other's shows this week. And now on to the fantasy portion of our show. If you saw my fantasy preview on allcolts.com, I highlighted Jonathan Taylor, Mo Alley-Cox, and the Colts defense this week. Uh, for Taylor, it's pretty simple. He's been the Colts' main uh, main man in the backfield. He's averaging 19 touches for 87 yards of offense this year, and he scored a touchdown in each of the last two weeks. I would normally pair either Naheem Hines or Jordan Wilkins with him on this section uh, as, a, as a possible flex play. But to be honest with you, both Hines and Wilkins have only scored a combined nine points each in the last two weeks. So I wouldn't recommend having one of the second fiddles in your lineup uh, as of right now until we see some some more fantasy improvement. Not that, not that they're not doing well on the field, but just for fantasy purposes, I would avoid them for now. Mo Alley-Cox has been the man. Uh, throughout his career, Phillip Rivers has loved having a guy where he can just throw it up to him and, and go get it. And that's been Mo Alley-Cox for him. Uh, he's obviously been a beast these last couple weeks. He's got eight catches for 161 yards and a touchdown over these last two games. So you kind of got to ride that while it's hot. And then last on the Colts defense, I don't think they're going to dominate like they did with the Jets and the Vikings, but I think they'll be very playable. Just over the last couple weeks, the Bears have given the ball away four times and they've got and they've taken six sacks. And for the Colts... They have taken the ball away six times and sacked the quarterback five. Plus, they have two defensive touchdowns and two safeties. You would like to think that a Colts receiver is going to step up big this week. I mean, Calvin Ridley had a big game last week against the Bears. But I just, I'm going to have to see it first. There's no Michael Pittman, no Campbell. 
but still, T.Y. Hilton hasn't had a big breakout game. The, the most fantasy points he's had in a game this year is 7.3, and that was back in week one. And now it's time to dive into the questions that you guys have sent me this week on Twitter ahead of this game. First up is Barton Springer. He said, facing the Colts' first functioning offense of the season, how does our defense show up? Are there any holes that are going to be exposed? Uh, so Nick Foles is arguably the best passer the Colts have seen to this point. Uh, he can be very aggressive. And I know they face Kirk Cousins, but Cousins obviously has his limitations. Uh, we saw Foles likes to take deep shots, uh, as, as we saw last week and we've seen before, you know, in the Super Bowl. The Colts' cover two defense is kind of built to prevent those type of things. You know, you have two safeties over the top to, to help with that. Uh, I'm a little concerned with Allen Robinson. He's someone who can, he, he can beat man coverage. He can succeed in pretty much any, uh, any scheme. So that's someone to keep an eye on. I would think the Colts need to tighten up their coverage and not play a soft zone. Uh, if they play a soft zone, I think they could be in for a long day against Foles. Next up is from Sam Sinclair. He said, do you expect the Colts to open up their passing offense a little more this week in the coming weeks? To my knowledge, the Colts have only had a, had very few actual deep shots so far this year. Uh, in theory, you would think, yes, uh, Atlanta was able to go over the top of them a couple times last week through play action. And that's kind of the Colts recipe as well. Uh, every team know, knows that the Colts wants to run the ball and then that can set up deep shots through play action after. Because uh, you obviously fake the handoff, and then, you know, that exposes, that kind of sucks the linebackers and safeties in, and then opens the field towards the back for, for your uh, receivers to run deep. They've got the weapons to do it. I mean, T.Y. Hilton can do it. I think that's the way that they unlock Hilton and finally get him going, is they, we got to get him a deep shot. Um, you know, that, that one that was lost in the sun against, uh, against the Vikings, that was a real opportunity there. And I would have to think they know they can do it again. Next up is from Doss. He said, how do you see Burton's role with the way Mo Cox has been playing? Uh, so whenever Trey Burton does return to the field and gets activated from IR, I imagine his role is going to be similar to what I thought it might be initially. But of course, he's going to have to take a little bit of a backseat um, because, you know, Jack Doyle is always going to have his role, but Mo Alley-Cox has kind of been a star over the last two weeks. Uh, but in my opinion, I, I think Trey Burton might fit best in Paris Campbell's absence. Uh, Campbell was their slot receiver. He's, he's a speedy yards-after-catch guy, and that's kind of what Trey Burton can offer from the tight end position, but he's a mismatch like that. He can line up in the slot as well. And, you know, if, if a linebacker or a slower, strong safety is on him, he might be able to pick up some yards after catch there. Uh, but with that being said, he might be relegated to the tight end three role and, and not be playing too often. We'll have to see. And last is from AJ. He said, do you foresee the Colts going to more three tight end sets with the depleted depth at wide receiver or mixing in more two back sets with Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor both on the field? Uh, so that kind of piggybacks off the last one a little bit, but it's just kind of a group effort with the depleted receiver depth. Uh, we're going to see Darius Fountain more. Ashton Doolin will get in there. We might finally see Desmond Patton be active. 
Uh, but, you know, they, they use Naheem Hines in that slot role as well. They move him around the formation. So we, we've asked Nick Sirianni and Frank Reich about that. It's not just on one guy. They're going to use a bunch of different guys in a different a bunch of different formations to make up for uh, for what they're missing in Campbell and, and uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Thank you guys for your questions this week. I hope I was able to give you some of the answers you were looking for. That is it for us this week, folks. Uh, thanks for being with me today. Please remember to subscribe to the show and rate us on iTunes. We can be found on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Believe in Colts. And me personally at JakeArthurNFL on Twitter and Facebook, as well as JakeArthur underscore on Instagram. My written work can be found on Sports Illustrated at allcolts.com. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on the show, send them to me through email at believeincolts at gmail.com or respond when I send out the call for questions on Twitter. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact believe at believe.com. And speaking of advertising, I have heard ads for Screwball Whiskey on podcasts recently. So I need you guys at Screwball to know that I am here for it and I am very interested in partnering with partnering with you guys. Uh, so hit us up at Believe so I can uh, get in on that. And then Colts fans, uh, you guys will hear from us again here in a few days after the Colts and Bears game on Sunday afternoon. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.